Hello there, your freedom is indeed worth fighting for. I always get a slight kick out of that entry jingle and introduction. Welcome to Taking the Stand, uh, the Freedom Advocacy Network's weekly uh, podcast about the law, about justice, and of course, trying uh, to make the law about you and to make the law about your freedom, because, um, yep, your freedom is worth fighting for. And my goodness, Ben... What a time to be a lawyer. I mean, it's always it's always a fun time to be involved in the law when there's some big legal action going on because you find out two things, that everyone suddenly have really strong opinions about the law. And the other reason is, of course, you see the theory that you've learned about applied in practice. And... Um, if I were to chuck something out there, something theoretical out, 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 out there at you, Ben, and I would say the, the, you know, the phrase that we often hear that's now being discussed widely, hashtag the rule of law, do you think this is uh, perhaps a good opportunity to consider what that means and to delve a bit deeper into it? What do you think? Uh, yes, for sure. Um... So I think even personally, as a sort of final year law student, you'd always hear the, the term, the rule of law, you know, someone who's interested in politics, you'd hear it often. But, you know, not a lot of people actually know what exactly the rule of law means and what it uh, encompasses it. So, but one of the, one of the few people who, who does and who's written about it was the late um, Lord Bingham, um, an English lawyer and judge. Um, and in his book, The Rule of Law, he puts, it, um, puts down eight principles of what encompasses the rule of law. Um, and that's a, that's a good way of, of sort of finding out exactly what this broad term actually means. Um, and it's so important. Mm. Now, I must say that um, when we were uh, thinking, you know, we, we had to say something about the Zuma situation. Um, but but on, on, a weird, on a weird level, there isn't much to say. Uh, because people might overanalyze what's going on here. But, you know, contempt of court isn't something terribly controversial, nor is it necessarily interesting. But I think the reason that this is such a big story is because it makes practical and visible this idea of the rule of law. And I must say, I'm so glad you bring up Lord Bingham, um, who really, if anyone at home wants to read an accessible, not too long, not too strenuous um, discussion of the f actual content of the concept of the rule of law, um, Lord Bingham's book titled very creatively The Rule of Law is, is an excellent place to start. Um, and uh, I haven't read it in a, in a, in a few years, but um, Ben, I think I... I'm correct in saying that we've got eight principles to look at if you want to understand what the rule of law looks at looks like in practice and you want to perhaps understand what's going on with this notion in the South African context where you have President Zuma going to jail, uh, a lot of questions about whether the rule of law would be undermined or overmined or not mined at all. Um, it's very useful to look at the practical breakdown that Lord Bingham gives of the rule of law. And I thought um, it might be fun if we take the next three or four episodes, take these eight points, devote one or two points um, or it, devote an episode to one or two of these eight points um, and then present a little series that if people watch it, 
they can follow us as we go through the practical implications of the rule of law. So, Ben, where do we start? We've got eight points. We're going to do two in this okay, episode. So what are we looking at? All right. So the first point uh, is that the law must be accessible and understandable. So, I mean, that sounds simple and it sounds, it sounds good. Um, but when we actually think about it, the government produces thousands and thousands of pages of legislation every year. And in addition, thousands more of regulations and amendments. And then there's also court judgments on top of that. So, I mean, it, they make it very difficult to know what the law actually is. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's right to question um, whether the current volume and style is, um, is accessible and serves the purpose um, of the rule of law. I must say something that's very interesting for me on this accessibility point is, um, I, I've, uh, I mean, this might come as a surprise to people, but I have a law degree. Um, I am not as stupid as I look. Well, I might be, but, you know, it, it's, that's, that's a debatable point. But I've got a law degree. I taught legislative interpretation as a tutor for a while. And last year, when the COVID regulations came out in droves in terms of the Disaster Management Act, Dr. Anthea Jeffrey of the IRR, I was then her deputy um, at, at, the, at the policy department of the IRR. Anthea and, and, and I spent hours and hours looking at these regulations. Now, Anthea is probably one of the great minds of our generation. Well, not our generation, our time. And between the two of us, we couldn't make heads or tails out of some of the COVID regulations. Now, if Dr. Anthea Jeffrey can't tell you what a legal document states, that legal document really needs to take a long, hard look at itself because it's seriously not doing its job. Do you think, Ben, that in, in this last year of new regulation almost by a, in a, in an, a, on an hourly basis, do you think that's been, you know, in service of the rule of law perhaps because, you know, one might judge from my intro to that question that I think not. No, I, d I definitely uh, agree with you, Herman. Um, also, you know, just with regulations coming out week, week in, week out, changing this, changing that, no one really knows. And people have sort of begun to almost not really care to know, just sort of be told by this or that other person, you know, they, very little people actually go out and find for themselves what is the law because it's, it's just too difficult. And you, you, you can't keep track. And, and, and what, what is interesting to me is that so much of the law is based on what we call in the fancy Latin term is euskertum, legal certainty, so that you as a citizen know what is legal and not uh, legal. And, and it, it, it's tough to look at a country like South Africa, look at the year we've had, look at the treatment of some, you know, former presidents and try to understand whether the law is really understandable and accessible and certain that, uh, and, and, and the sort of tangential certainty point I want to make is that if you or I did what President Zuma did, I'm, I, I'm pretty certain that, you know, the consequences would have been different. And yet we look at President Zuma's experience and we see consequences that we think 
are you know different to what we would have received and and that seems to me to undermine the whole idea of legal certainty citizens being able to know what the law is yeah and i think that's quite a good um segue into our into the next point of the rule of law um which is that um questions should be resolved through the application of the law and not through the exercise of discretion and i think that's something that we see far too much of in south africa where we have you know arbitrary impulses by a minister of government or official sort of um dictating what uh, the law should be and i mean it's 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 unrealistic and probably naive to think that there should be no discretion of course any realistic system especially during a time of crisis you know discretion will will be more readily part of decision making than in you know ideal circumstances but there are some real questions here again i think that the zuma situation exposes a bit um because so often i mean so often in this 10 12 year saga of president zuma we would hear him or his legal representatives or the ANC on his behalf speak about how he or the ANC are applying their mind seemingly uh, looking at it to see if they agree with it and and whether they're willing to go with it and that injects into the system of what should be predictable laws and rules to govern a society it injects this idea that there is an unhealthy amount of discretion that perhaps even the courts have too much of a discretionary role in thinking you know the law might say one thing or the common law might say one thing the common law being that you know the unwritten uh, piece of the law just a quick aside there's no law um, murder wasn't made illegal by the passing of parliamentary law it's part of what we call common law it's 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 handed down over about a thousand years you know some principles are unwritten principles of law like you know don't steal don't murder don't rape these things are they don't need to be legislated on so if we look at this idea of discretion it's sort of in contrast with taking the law as it stands or the as it stands the common law as it has been interpreted over many centuries and then based on that coming to a conclusion and again do we see in south africa that sort of legal responsible way of going about it or might there be an unhealthy amount of discretion creeping in either from the executive or from the judiciary or sometimes even from the legislature yeah for sure and that's i think where we see a sort of the the separation of powers sort of uh disintegrates a little bit um because mm-hmm. of the amount of discretion that is um applied uh, a lot of the time and and perhaps it oh my goodness this is such an exciting topic but we know what to get too many new things because i mean these first two points are so clearly illustrated in the zuma experience in what's going on around us now firstly is the law clearly accessible to the ordinary people covid has thrown that into sharp relief the second point is 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 it about uh, decisions made on the law or is there uh, discretion where you know the wills or whims of decision makers can actually play into um, the system but that that 
separation of powers thing you mentioned is actually crucial. And we should, we should do an episode about that because the separation of powers, again, like the rule of law, like equality before the law, these things sound very airy-fairy and philosophical. But at the end of the day, they are structures that constitutional democracies impose on themselves to make sure that you have not just one decision-making king, because the, the, the idea of the separation of powers is that you've got the elected representatives of the people, you've got parliament speaking with a voice given to them at the elections. They mm. make the laws. They represent the people saying the people want this, 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 or that. They make the laws. But then they give it over to the executive, the president, the union buildings to say, this is the law we've passed. You should apply this law. You should make sure people adhere to this law and that the consequences of this law actually gets applied fairly. And then you've got the courts making sure that these other two entities interpret and apply the law fairly. So these three points of this triangle have this tension that not one of them can concentrate absolute power into their own actions. So when it's about discretion, we are speaking to the fact that the judiciary is probably the entity that has the most uh, 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 say over what a law means once it has been passed, once it has been made. And if you then at that point give the judge too much discretion to depart from the law, then you are undermining the work of the legislature. Then you are undermining democracy in a weird way but then in yeah yes judges also aren't elected uh by the by the people so that, that's also a big problem where you have judge-made law um it's yes. called the, the counter-majoritarian dilemma yes yes uh, uh, where where the the popular will of the people goes one way but the law is judged to go another way the death penalty mm. is a very very good example of that now in these last closing seconds of today's episode do you think that there is something to be done about these two points that we discussed today about the rule of law, accessibility and discretion? If, you, if, if someone came to you and said, Ben, is there something to be done? And you had an elevator's ride to, tell, to pick one of them and say, this is what needs to be done. Which one will you pick and what will you say? Um, yeah, well, I would probably say that it's more important to have, um, the, um, separation of powers and less discretion, um, involved in lawmaking process. Um, and it sort of feeds into the, the, the all these points are sort of interlinked because that would, um, create more certainty and there would be less need for a lot of, um, uh, amendments, regulations, and there would be less to read and people would know what the law is. It would be more accessible. So I think all of these points are sort of in the within the rule of law are all sort of interconnected and um, relate to one another. Yeah, I think that's such a brilliant answer. I'm, I'm, now, I'm now sorry I couldn't think of it um, earlier and then give it and put, present it as my own brilliance. No, I think that's a perfect answer. And perhaps I could close off this episode with a challenge to people listening at home. Go try to read a law. Um, perhaps start with the, with the Constitution. Read it. 
Um, I think it's actually the constitution, especially chapter two is actually well written. Um, but then next time, perhaps when new regulations come out, go read them. I, and, and there's a high likelihood that your that the listeners, you know, far exceed my cognitive competence in this regard. But if you don't understand it, challenge someone about it. Write a letter to the minister, to Kogta, to Nskozazana Blamini Zuma, or to Fan, saying this is an absurdity. I try to read this law. I'm trying to be a responsible and engaged citizen in a democracy, but the law is not accessible. Let's make that as a bit of a challenge, as a start, to see if we can start dragging the law away from being about power to being about your freedom. Because, and with that, as ever, we end off today's episode, your freedom is worth fighting for. And by goodness, we will use the law to do that. Help us do that. Help us make the law accessible. Help us make the law about freedom. Uh, and join us next week as we delve into points, uh, in, into the third or fourth point of Lord Bingham's uh, idea of the rule of law. I'm really looking forward to it. See you next week. Ben, thank you. Cheerio.